0: The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents a 25th Silver Anniversary College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, here's your host, Phil Houck. Kyron Williams walked into his post-game interview last week with the game ball under his arm and a million-dollar smile on his face. He had just confounded the USC defense for 60 minutes and was feeling pretty good about a 31-16 win over the Trojans. All hail, Kyron Williams. (laughs) Kyron Williams is a great running back, and you might want to appreciate that greatness while you can because you see, he's only a junior with plenty of eligibility left in the age of COVID, but don't expect to see him in blue and gold next year. Because that million-dollar smile he walked into post-game with last week, well, soon it's going to be a multi-million-dollar NFL smile. All hail, Kyron Williams. Speed, body lean, vision, strength, change of direction, a lethal stiff arm, and ethereal instincts. It is almost as if when he gets the ball, you may as well just add an extra yard onto the carry no matter what because he is Kyron, and he always finds something, even when there is nothing. All hail Kyron Williams. (laughs) Last year, Kyron ran, cut, sign-stepped, and spun on the scene with 1,125 yards and 13 touchdowns. Elected team captain this year, his leadership skills and confidence are off the chart. Add to it all a ferocious approach to blocking, and you have an NFL package all hail Kyron Williams last week Kyron Williams got a little help from an offensive line that is starting to gel and he exploded for 138 yards 42 yards receiving and two TDs en route to a 31-16 rivalry game victory and the time to appreciate Kyron Williams is now all hail Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, Senior Editor of IrishIllustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling, raise the bar with only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenberger and Skiba, like Notre Dame know the same dedication and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenberger and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenberger and Skiba, proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art
1: Salzburg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but sure McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Shira McCulloch comes in with a full service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Shira McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Shira McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Shearer McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus their AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Shearer McCulloch.
2: Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment six generations in the making. Not just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. D.G. Yingling & Son Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly.
1: This is Art Salisbury. Congratulations, Phil and Tim, on 25 years of Fighting Irish Preview. Now back to
0: Fighting Irish preview with your host Phil Halk. Tim Priester, well, it's always good to beat an arch rival, especially USC. And uh, the buzzword this week around ND and in the post game, and actually starting in the first quarter last week up in the press box was tempo, tempo, tempo. Notre Dame uh, playing a, a different kind of game. They obviously installed some different things during their bye week. Describe a little bit about this. This evolution of the Notre Dame offensive identity uh, during that bye week. And why did it work and will it keep working?
3: Well, the idea is to just get the ball out of the hand of of Jack Cone quickly, get it in the hands of your receivers, your offensive weapons. And and that's what they did. And, you know, the offensive line, it, it goes hand in hand with the offensive line playing its best game by far, but tempo seems to work for Jack Cone. He is a decisive quarterback. If you if you put him in a decisive mode, he's even better, um, you know. And so I think I think it's just a, it's a great opportunity to you know, another advantage is they can get to the line of scrimmage because they're in a hurry up mode. It allows Tommy recent to change the play before they snap it after he has a chance to see what uh, how the opponent has aligned from up in the press box. So there's a lot to it. But mainly it's Jack Cohn being in a rhythm. You avoid sacks. You don't have to worry about mobility as much, which obviously was a concern very early in the year. So it worked. It's not, um, you know, they didn't uh, reinvent the wheel. They didn't split the atom here. It was just up-tempo, and it helped, and it's certainly something they can build around, especially against a North Carolina defense which comes into this game pretty vulnerable
0: yeah this tempo offense certainly been around for a while Uh, formerly I think when it was first kind of developed uh, I don't know what 15 years ago is when it became popular and it was referred to as the no huddle offense Uh, but it does allow uh, a number of things and one of them is also difficulty for the defense to situationally substitute but uh, rule changes have made that a little easier but still it it It's something the defense has to prepare for, and it has worked. It's really what worked in the last four minutes against Virginia Tech, and uh, suddenly light bulbs went off (laughs) in Brian Kelly's head and Tommy Reese's head, and here we go. Uh, Tim, the offense with that new wrinkle produced, and it produced uh, particularly in the running game last week, 170 yards total, the biggest chunk from Kyron Williams, 139 yards, two touchdowns. Tim, he's really, really good. Uh, and in my opening this week, uh, we really gave some some love to Kyron Williams. Now is your chance. A big game by him. He had 180 total yards, including his receiving yards, and, and he got the game ball. What does Kyron Williams mean to this football team, and and where does he stand among the great backs of the last 25 years or so?
3: He's the ultimate energy source. I, you know, I, I, I've often asked people, does he practice the way he plays his games? Because we don't get an opportunity to see all that. And apparently he does. The guy is just supercharged, loves to play the game, and has really provided a, you know, a, a spark and emotional leadership to the offense and the team in general. When you give him a little bit of room to maneuver, which he suddenly had against USC, He is so shifty and unpredictable. I thought his vision against USC was particularly acute. When it was there, he saw it. He hit it. He's just an outstanding football player that plays the game the right way. He can beat you as a runner. He can beat you as a receiver, and he holds up in pass protection as well. So where does he rank? You know, Jerome Bettis is an NFL Hall of Famer, so I guess we'll set him aside. There have been a lot of great backs at Notre Dame. I don't know that anyone, and even, even Bettis's numbers, you know, because he was sharing the ball quite a bit in the backfield when he was playing, his numbers, um, you know, aren't quite as prolific as Williams as will be, although Williams will probably leave after this year. He will leave after this year. But um, just an outstanding player. You love his attitude and a tremendous leader for this program.
0: Yeah, well, you, you beat me to my next question because I, I also I assume he is headed to the NFL. So fans, appreciate Kyron Williams while he's here. Well, in offense, I was also impressed by the performances of a couple of freshman receivers, and, and the Irish need that that shot in the arm of the receiving corps. Deion Colsey had one big catch. Lorenzo Styles three for 57, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but I really like what I saw, particularly out of Stiles. Uh, we, we've had suspicions about Colsey for a long time because of his stature. Tim, these guys are stepping up, and I think you'll agree they needed to.
3: Yeah, they're really down to five scholarship receivers that they they trust putting in the game. And two of them are the freshmen that you mentioned, Phil, the Lorenzo Styles and Deion Colsey. Colsey caught a big third down pass that ended up being part of a 13-play 80-yard touchdown drive. And Styles, I, I, I love the way upon, you know, once he made the, the reception, he gets his shoulders turned around and he was upfield, the, the play up the sideline in which he gained 29 yards and got a great block from Michael Mayer. It's just so we talked about Jack Cohn being decisive. It was just very decisive on the part of Lorenzo Styles. I expect more coming from him. He's a smart player. He's an even keel player and they absolutely need him.
0: We got a photo last week on fightingirishpreview.com of that play for Styles that you referred to and it shows the ball in the air and you can see Jack Cohn in the foreground but in the background you can see Styles focusing on the ball, hands in place, ready to catch the ball. And, of course, he did catch the ball, turned it upfield. Uh, really good photo. Check it out on FightingIrishPreview.com. Well, really bad news for the Irish in the first half, and we usually save injury stuff for segment two, but this story is really too big to wait. Kyle Hamilton went out with a knee injury. Uh, Brian Kelly has confirmed that he will not play this week. He, he's been apparently doing quite a bit of coaching, though, so he's, he's up and mobile. That's good news. What do we know about this injury? How long do we think he'll be out? And how do the Irish deal with it now, personnel-wise?
1: We
3: don't know a lot of the specifics of the injury, Phil. I mean, after the game or even during the game, Brian Kelly told NBC that there was no structural damage. But by Monday, he had an MRI on, on Sunday. And by Monday, Brian Kelly had declared him out. So we don't know the specifics of it. I certainly wouldn't think that he would come back the following week against Navy, that's not the opponent that you want to uh, you know to bring a guy back with uh, with a knee injury. The concern is that if you get too too deep into November, we're talking about a top five or a top ten pick in the NFL draft, and and guys have along the way when they know the payday is there, um, they they protect themselves and keep them out of competition. I don't know what. Kyle Hamilton will do. We don't know yet whether he will be recovered in time from the injury to make it through the rest of the season. It's all been kept under wraps. So we're going to have to let a little time evolve here. Uh, but hopefully that's not the last we saw of Kyle Hamilton in a Notre Dame uniform.
0: Well, and then D.J. Brown, really the guy to step up, who ironically uh, was the guy that had to step up last year in the North Carolina game when Cal uh, Hamilton went out early in the, or it was in the second quarter on a targeting penalty. So, uh, are we well situated at at safety? Who else uh, besides DJ Brown are we going to be counting on?
3: Well, I don't know that I would say well situated. I think certainly DJ Brown is trending in the right direction, and it says a lot about. You know, his attitude, his fortitude, his approach when he has been put in these two situations at North Carolina last year and against USC last week where he came through. Now he's got to start. He'll be a starter for the first time. So it's a different, different animal for for him to deal with. But a big step forward. Houston Griffith needs to play to a level that, frankly, I don't think we've seen him play at. And then Isaiah Pryor, who was a safety at one point, moved up to Rover, is now back at safety. So it's a very unsteady situation. Uh, Anytime you lose a talent like Kyle Hamilton, it's a significant blow. And you just happen to be playing an offense that is about as capable as anyone of taking advantage on the back end of uh, your, your secondary. So not a great situation for Notre Dame. The good news is that North Carolina's defense should be even more. Lenient to Notre Dame's offense.
0: Yeah, well, something that, that just shows the impact of Kyle Hamilton was uh, when the word came out that he wasn't going to play, the line on this game dropped one and a half points in a matter of seconds. On the season now, here's here's another guy I want to talk about. On the season now, he has eight sacks, six tackles for loss, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, hurries, pressures, quarterback hits. This guy defines the word disruptive, and I'm. Guilty of not talking about him enough. Defensive end Isaiah Fosky. Tim six five, two sixty. He is an opposing quarterback's nightmare, and Marcus Freeman moves him around and apparently he gets a lot of sleep. We learned this week. Talk about Isaiah Foskey.
3: He really kind of goes under the radar, or at least has up to this point, but he's becoming a great pass rusher. He's just a first time starter uh obviously this year but as you mentioned he has eight sacks and he you know he impacts the game even when he doesn't put pressure on the quarterback because the opposition has to uh put resources toward defending him so he's really coming out strong I thought there was a play against USC that epitomized just how good he is and how far he's come he's coming off the edge and he's pushing the the left offensive tackle back Onto his heels with his left hand and reaching forward with his right hand and grabbing Keaton Slovis. And uh, I don't know if that was the strip sack or what, but I mean, one arm's, one arm's taking care of one guy and the other arm's taking care of the guy with the football. He's really become an outstanding pass rusher.
0: Tremendous strength. And like I said, he apparently gets a lot of sleep. It came out this week that he is very tied to his aura ring, which uh, measures all of his, uh, the measurables in his body. Uh, including his sleep, and he makes sure he gets eight hours every night. Kind of unusual for a college student, if you think about it. Unusual for anybody, unfortunately. Uh, and he's threatening Justin Tuck's all time sack record 13 and a half sacks by Tuck. That could fall this year. Uh, and another guy I want to talk about is Bo Bauer, uh, the backup to Drew White at Mike Linebacker. Huge first-half interception and an 80-yard return off of a Myron Tagliavo almosa tipped pass. I kind of, obviously, I whiffed badly on my post-game question to him about that play, but even though he was eventually caught at the four-yard line by Keaton Slovis on an angle, I I didn't know Bo Bauer had such speed. I really was tremendously impressed by his athleticism, not just on that play but on other plays. Uh, how many snaps does he get and talk about his game. His athleticism, as I said, is impressive.
3: He had more snaps last year. He was the he was the nickel guy coming into the game under Clark Lee. I don't know off the top of my head exactly how many snaps he's getting, but you know, Drew White gets the majority of them. Bo Bauer has been such a such a presence since really since his freshman year on, on special teams. I mean he's a guy that has really taking advantage of every opportunity he's had. He, he just doesn't get uh, as many snaps as a player of his caliber probably deserves. But, um, you know, MTA, Metagrevaloa Mosa made the big play and, and Bauer was the beneficiary of it. I don't know that we've ever seen him running quite that fast, even on kick coverage. Uh but the quarterback got him and he caught a little bit of grief from his teammates for that.
0: He did indeed. Twenty-one tackles on the year, three passes defended and the one interception. And as you said, a superb special teams uh contributor, or has been for a long time. Tim, one quick hit. On the Jack Cohn interception in the third quarter, Kevin Austin caught the ball. <laughs> I said it at the time it happened. I watched the replay four or five times, I said he caught that ball. At worst, it was a simultaneous reception. They claim they reviewed this play, and I don't see how they they could have not changed it. Do you agree that that was a blown call? That seems to be where this has gone, the
3: debate this week. You know, I mean, I haven't studied it further after I watched it at first. I, here's the problem, Phil. The, Kevin Austin needs to be the aggressor. He's the receiver. If you didn't know by looking at the re- replay who the receiver was, and who the defensive player was, you would think that Chris Steele was the receiver and Kevin Austin was the defender. He wasn't aggressive enough. He gave the impression that Chris Steele made the play. Now, replay should overturn it if that's what it says. But I thought Chris Steele made the play at the time. And it's up to the receiver to make the play. He had inside position position. And okay, maybe Jack Cohn's throw wasn't perfect, but it wasn't. It wasn't a ten yard throw. It was a downfield throw, and the receiver has to adjust to that and take advantage of the inside position. So, I think the way Kevin Austin played it had a lot to do with why the call went against Notre Dame.
0: I, I agree, and, and it had to do with the way it looked in real time. But I, I've seen several different angles and replays this week, and at the same time, I, I really thought he caught it. Uh, I know you don't have a lot of time to watch games from last week, but you might want to check out some of the stuff that's out there on that particular play. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 363rd edition of Fighting Irish Preview.
2: Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling & Son Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly.
0: The Fighting Irish Back of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Mac Brown and Brian Kelly are the two most experienced coaches in the FBS. They combine for 777 games coached. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The North Carolina Tar Heels are in town this week. TV coverage on NBC is at 7.30 p.m. South Bend time, and it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Kraft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons, we share your boating passion. And this year, in honor of 25 years on the air, we are focusing on the great running backs of the Fighting Irish preview years, the last quarter century. And so far this season, we have honored Autry Denson, Julius Jones, Ryan Grant, Darius Walker, Armando Allen, Theo Riddick, Cam McDaniel, and this week, C.J. Proceis. C.J. Proceis' first memory of playing football came when he was four or five years old. He picked up a fumble and ran nearly the full length of the field the wrong way. Just when he was about to go into the end zone for his safety, he heard the yells from the sideline to turn around. Well... He did turn around, and he ran all the way back 95 yards for a touchdown, a sign of great things to come, no doubt. Recruited to South Bend in 2012, Prosize was a three-star recruit who played safety and wide receiver at Woodbury Forest High School in Madison County, Virginia. 6'1", 225, the Irish decided to make a receiver out of him, and he redshirted his freshman season. He stayed at that position the next two years, and saw significant action, good for 46 total receptions and 588 yards. He also led the Irish in special teams tackles in 2014 with 11. With two years of eligibility left and a thin running back room, he was moved to running back to back up Tarion Folston. In the 2015 opener against Texas, Folston went down with injury and Prosize took over as the starter and was impressive with 98 yards on 20 carries. And that was just the beginning of a big year. He went on to lead the Irish with a monster statistical season. Against Georgia Tech, he amassed 198 yards rushing and three TDs, including one from 91 yards out, and followed that up with a 143-yard two-touchdown effort against USC. For the 2015 season, ProSize totaled 1,032 yards rushing, another 308 receiving, and 12 total touchdowns as the Irish went 10-2 and in the regular season, just missing a playoff berth when Stanford kicked a last-second field goal in the season finale. ProSice decided to strike while the iron was hot, and he bypassed his final year of eligibility. He declared for the NFL draft and since has managed a five-year career unfortunately riddled by injuries with the Seattle Seahawks and the Houston Texans. Tim, when Procise burst onto the scene for what for that one magical season at running back, we kept saying he ran too upright and he just didn't run overall like a prototype running back, but his proof was in the numbers, and that was a season for the Irish where there were a lot of big numbers. Will Fuller, Deshaun Kaiser, they put up big numbers, but so did Jalen Smith on the defense. But Tim, C.J. Procise... Besides being a bit of a surprise was positively explosive
3: oh he could fly he can still fly and I, and we were all you know I don't know so much about Norra Ames camp although, although I'm sure that you know the level of play that he provided at running back was was startlingly good he was just extremely explosive they needed they needed a running back they convert him to running back and I don't know how high the expectations were. But that season was tremendous. He came a little bit out of nowhere just when Notre Dame needed him in 2015.
0: Yeah, he did. And interestingly, C.J. Proceis' full name is Calvin Proceis Jr. The Calvin and the junior part is what became C.J. According to Proceis, no one has ever called him Calvin. And I don't think I'll start. CJ ProSize, another Marina at Lake Gage, all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. 48-year coaching veteran Mac Brown's North Carolina squad is four and three. And like half the teams on Notre Dame's schedule, they have had two weeks to prepare for the Irish. In their last action a couple weeks ago, they outlasted Miami 45 to 42. Ranked in the top 10 this preseason, but in week one, Virginia Tech knocked them off 17-10, and it's been a bit of an uphill struggle since. Scoring has not been an issue, but defending has been. They got a good win over Virginia in week three, 59-39, but they've lost to Georgia Tech 45-22 and Florida State 35-25. Their national ranks for scoring defense and offense tell a tale. 19th in scoring offense with 36.9 points per game, but 87th defensively, giving up 28.9. In his third year as a starter, quarterback Sam Howell was good last year, and he's good again this year. On the season, Howell is thrown for 1,851 yards, 18 touchdowns, and has six interceptions. He's become much more of a dual threat this season, and despite being frequently sacked, he has gained 494 yards on the ground and scored five TDs. Howell has a clear favorite target in 5'10 sophomore Josh Downs. Downs has caught 60 passes for 837 yards and 8 touchdowns. He plays in the slot and will catch a lot of stuff underneath, but he is explosive. He has long touchdowns to his credit of 63, 59, 45, 37, and 33 yards. Running the football is a grad transfer from Tennessee, 6'210. 10 senior Ty Chandler, and he's having a big year. 5.5 yards per carry, seven touchdowns, and 588 yards. Chandler has breakaway speed if he gets to the second level. All five starters from last year's Tar Heel offensive line returned this season, but they have struggled. This line has given up 27 sacks, which ranks them 127th nationally, and 41 tackles for loss, which ranks 100th. 64th nationally in total defense, the Tar Heels have some pieces on that defense. Linebacker Jeremiah Gemmel leads the team in tackles, and the middle of their defensive line includes NFL prospect Miles Murphy, who leads the team with four sacks. Sophomore Tony Grimes is a real good cornerback, causing other teams to shy away from his side of the field. Yes, the Tar Heel defense has some pieces, but on the whole, besides their lowly ranking and points given up, UNC – is 80th ranked against the run, 78th in sacks, 88th in tackles for loss. Also of note, North Carolina ranks 110th nationally in penalty yards given up per game at 67.6. And under Mac Brown, North Carolina is 1-6 in night games on the road. Big things were expected out of this team, but here they stand at 4-3. and three. A disappointment to this point, but no doubt looking to turn it all around this weekend, Tim Priester, what is the Aspen mortgage key to an Irish victory?
3: Especially without Kyle Hamilton, North Carolina is going to score points. Sam Howell can wing it. He doesn't have as many weapons at the receiving core as he did last year, but now he runs it, and he runs it in a variety of ways, so it's really challenging. So I would start by saying don't let him approach 100 yards on the ground, which he's done three times. You have to contain him. It's difficult to do. You have to play more zone because you don't want your corners turning their back to the quarterback because he might take off. But I'm going to say this. Notre Dame just needs enough offense. I think they have it. The, as I said last week, the playbook is wide open for Tommy Reese. Notre Dame can run it. Notre Dame can throw it to defeat North Carolina.
0: Okay, well, control Sam Howells running. Uh, that, that seems to be a big key. And other than that, just run that offense like uh, we've been developing. And those are Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage keys to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish?
3: I want to say Michael Mayer is going to have a big day. I think he gets in the end zone a couple times, but I also want to point out Lorenzo Stiles. I think he's going to build upon what he did last week again against a North Carolina secondary that has a lot of busts and can give up a lot of yardage.
0: Well, look for Michael Mayer to have a big week, but uh, let's keep an eye on Lorenzo Stiles to continue developing what we saw last week out of him. Uh, the freshman wide receiver and those are your Aspen Mortgage key players this week. Aspen Mortgage for all your mortgage needs call 486-LOAN and it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 21 Indiana locations. Tim where do the Irish stand health wise this week? And we've already talked about Kyle Hamilton.
3: Yeah, Kyle Hamilton's the big one. That's the one, only one that really, really matters here. It certainly has the most impact. But it does sound like running back Chris Tyree is back from turf toe. Uh, they should have Jacob Lacey closer to uh, contributing after a high ankle sprain from the Virginia Tech game. Kane Baronga, tight end, is is out with an ACL.
0: Well, good news on Tyree, always uh, good to have another weapon back in that lineup, particularly when you lose a big weapon in Kyle Hamilton. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by PolyPro. Beautiful, four times stronger than epoxy, lifetime warranty garage floors in one day. Check them out at polyprofloors.com. My wife and I love our PolyPro Floor. Look them up on Facebook or go to polyprofloors.com. Tim Priester, Vegas says the Irish by three and a half. What does America's foremost authority say?
3: Not having Kyle Hamilton is huge. Uh, there, there's just no doubt about it. There's no doubt that North Carolina is game planning against Notre Dame with that in mind, knowing that Notre Dame's safeties are a little bit vulnerable. But, you know, I think Notre Dame's going to stay ahead of the chains offensively. I think it's a big playbook for Tommy Reese. Uh, I mentioned about Howell and his running ability. So they're going to score points. And Ty Chandler, the running back, if you give him a lane, he's pretty good. But they don't have as many weapons in the passing game. As they did last year when they had De'Ami Brown. Josh Downs is a very good player, but I don't think that ultimately they're, they're going to have enough offense against Notre Dame's defense. In a game of comparative defenses, Notre Dame's is much further ahead, even without Kyle Hamilton. I have a 41 to 30 score in favor of Notre Dame.
0: Notre Dame 41, North Carolina 30. That is Tim Preacher's world famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Uh, Tim, given the Tar Heels' defensive weaknesses, I I agree. Jack Cohn should have time to pass. Kyron Williams should find room to run, and the Irish are going to score points. And they better score points because the Tar Heels are also going to score, particularly with Kyle Hamilton out. Uh, I think Indy's best scenario defensively will be to pressure and sack Sam Howell into a mistake or two. I expect that. I like the Irish. Notre Dame 40, North Carolina 28. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish
3: Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions.